0: Welcome to the Biopractica professional podcast series. Biopractica is an Australian-owned, practitioner-only brand focusing on nutritional and herbal products proven to play a role in preventative medicine. Biopractica is committed to supporting healthcare professionals in developing their knowledge and skills so they can confidently and effectively tackle the major health challenges facing their patients today. To support this commitment, the Learning Hub was established by Biopractica to offer practitioners a collection of educational resources so they can stay informed on the latest in health science research. Hello, and welcome to new listeners, our regular listeners, and of course to my clinically brilliant co-host, Claire Murray. How are you today, Claire? I'm very good, Paul. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. I'm excited. I'm excited because today we're going to discuss naturopathic approaches regarding the vagus nerve, and mainly within its context, I guess, of digestion. But the reason I'm excited is because it is so much more than just a nerve involved in digestion. And so often people talk about vagus nerve of late just as something to do with digestion, but it is so much more than that.
1: It is. It's so so fascinating doing a bit more reading and a bit of a deep dive on the vagus nerve Mm -hmm. if anyone's done any you know looking into the vagus nerve you might have seen that the literal translation of the word vagus is wanderer you know so it's kind of this meandering nerve that makes its way through the body but you know it's one of our cranial nerves it's the 10th cranial nerve so it starts up Mm -hmm. in the head and then it kind of wraps around the brain and it's it's interfacing and crossing with the cortex you know which is where we do a lot of our higher thinking like rationalization as, as humans our stem, you know a lot of our kind of survival elements there our hypothalamus and then heads down into the body like heads down into the trunk and it's it's connecting with things like the lungs and the heart uh, the mm. spleen you know I don't think it's talked about much the liver and the kidneys so so mm. much about Waste elimination and know fluid balance and then yes mm. the digestive tract so you know a lot of connection with the, the stomach and the intestine and some really key things it is doing obviously being a nerve is that it can impact motility um, which can have mm. very far-reaching effects in the gut if that is not working right and also mm. that's stimulating or that allowing that proper release of all of those digestive secretions which also plays mm. a huge huge role As well, and and the vagus nerve, you know, it's very much referred to as like an anti-inflammatory nerve. You know, that that innovation and that activation of the vagus nerve, it's it's what the body engages or should or hopefully engages Mm -hmm. after we have a moment of fight or flight, and that adrenaline kicks off. There's a danger, there's a threat. You know, whatever our brain's perceiving. Okay, that threat's over. I can calm down. I can. I'm going to engage that parasympathetic response to turn on all those rest and digest organs and I'm going to use the vagus nerve to do it so you know
0: but I was going to say sorry I find it absolutely phenomenal that people are regarding a nerve but remember as you've just been saying with the vagus nerve don't just think it's this one little thin kind of few axons together it's this huge nerve but it's potentially has anti-inflammatory effects because whenever we talk anti-inflammatory what are we talking we're talking immune response we're talking yeah. those sorts of things and and to actually realize that our our nervous system in, in quite a quantifiable way that the vagus nerve is acknowledged as playing roles in anti-inflammatory is is really you know to me was quite an eye-opener i, I probably didn't appreciate how amazing the vagus nerve was, you know, until, you know, looking at some of those sorts of things as well. Sorry, but you're also talking about its role in digestion?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I think exactly to your point, like just how amazing it is that you know, that nerve mm. can really have such a strong anti-inflammatory effect. Like that's probably such a key point that if our body is struggling to activate it, if there's any issues with that signaling or any damage to that nerve, you know, if we have an inflamed gut, A, we need to mm. be getting into parasympathetic nervous system state to try and heal it but we need that vagus Mm. nerve to be activating for that to even happen and to try and Mm. dampen down and and resolve that inflammation so it's such a key aspect of our digestive health right like it starts to spin into Mm. this kind of big gut brain conversation that if we have a gut it's just so important that we don't think about it Mm. as this organ in isolation that we just need to oh it's inflamed or it's dysbiotic we have just got to fix it it's like okay we'll zoom out what kind of body is this gut in what, are there any issues with the vagus nerve? We have to take that into consideration, and there's so mm. many other things that you know this vagus nerve is impacting as well that contribute really to our overall health and our overall wellness in our body
0: i was gonna add there claire though it feels like at the moment there's been a lot of talk about the vagus nerve in regards to you know by i will say health influencers and 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 similar people talking about the vagus nerve and and that we've really got to you know do exercises for the vagus nerve etc and so forth But I think if we're not careful and if we just listen to, I'll say, that conversation, we almost think that the vagus nerve, as I said, is only really, really about, you know, digestion and things like that. And it really is, you know, more than that. But I I did want to talk about it a little bit in regards to digestion today. And And I did want to sort of remind people that the vagus nerve you know because you spoke of its role in innovating you know the lungs and even the heart which i think is absolutely phenomenal you know that it can innovate so much you know that it is really you know the literal term is wanderer you know i I just think it is important in today's context, only because we could talk about the vagus nerve for, I'm pretty sure, five hours, at least otherwise. That when we do talk about it in regards to digestion, that people realize it is important. And you've already sort of said this it's about calming the body after we get into a fight or flight sort of sympathetic nervous system response. It is about, you know, getting more into a parasympathetic response and that that's fundamental to so many aspects but remember it is fundamental to digestion we all know Mm. when people are chronically stressed when you know they're not digesting food when people are chronically stressed they will have a small amount to eat and it will sit in their stomach and they will feel full they may feel bloated they could feel uncomfortable and it's almost as if the food just sits there and doesn't necessarily digest have have you sort of looked into sometimes why is the vagus nerve playing a role in that lack of digestion and such
1: well i think you know predominantly for the patients that we'd be seeing it's what you mentioned just before it's stress it's excessive stress and the evidence will definitely You know, they term it psychological stress. It's like, it's life. It's modern life. It's impacting so many people's vagus nerves. It's it's the big mix of what people have to do to do all the things, the home life and the work life and manage all the things and the mental load, any big stresses that come out of the blue in terms of finances, relationships, work. Mm. It's any past Mm. traumas that we have, you know, that still can live within our nervous system and be impacting it It's, yeah, it's all of those things that keep our nervous system in that quite reactive and jumping continually up into that fight or flight sympathetic response. That is what then starts to reduce the time that we spend in that parasympathetic state, you know, innervated by the vagus nerve, but it can also then start to impact the vagus nerve, damage the vagus nerve, and and cause issues with its firing or its activation, like the body just kind of can't access it, you know. So that's, Mm -hmm. to me, the most predominant, reason that's probably playing out but other more kind of physical things that can be happening are you know if we think of diseases that are also very prevalent and that we also see a lot in clinics something like diabetes cardiometabolic syndrome right like we know that diabetes can actually start to physically damage nerves right so the vagus mm. nerve can be included yep. in that mm-hmm. uh, mm. certain medications and infections mm-hmm. viral infections can you know mm. we know that they can damage the nervous system so they could potentially wow. be playing a role but inflammation in the body as well mm-hmm. can impact mm-hmm. that vagus nerve functioning too so i think you know there are a lot of chronic diet and lifestyle based things that we would already be seeing in clinic so we can be going mm-hmm. you know, ding 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 this person's vagus nerve, or the the tone of the vagus nerve, is probably going to be impacted mm. in this patient if they're ticking one or a few of those boxes. I'd say
0: it's really interesting you talk infections because time and time again, when I find people with long term chronic digestive issues, so often I'll probably say maybe thirty to fifty percent of the time, there has been an event. And I'm talking a gut infection of some description. And I mean like a, a really, really nasty kind of salmonella, norovirus, bad, bad food poisoning event. And their gut's never quite the same mm-hmm. since or, or yeah, ever since that event. And, and you know, when we, I guess when we put it into this context and that infections are known to affect the nerve – you know, it absolutely makes sense that, you know, you get a really bad case of food poisoning and you may actually then cause some kind of not irreparable damage, but I'll say dysfunction within that mm-hmm. nerve from that infection. That could be the toxins from the gut literally entering, you know, literally entering nerve itself. Could be probably a whole range of things, but I have seen it repeatedly and I certainly know when uh, chatting with Narala, the SIBO doctor, that she will often talk about, well, what happened for this individual? Was there some kind of trauma to the gut? And I think that while we can talk about seatbelt trauma from a car accident, I think there is infective trauma as well. And I think it really needs Mm. to, um, you know, be be looked at. And and I guess, though, what I then say is, well, are there other signs that I'm seeing that might show that the vagus nerve's been impacted? And and really, very often, I think for me, probably one of the key ones I look for is uh, sleeping. People's sleep patterns Mm. also can be affected by it. And so I'll often sort of ask was there I'll call it gut trauma I don't phrase it like that when I'm talking to my patients but basically I'm looking for gut trauma and then I'm also Mm. looking to see what their sleeping patterns are like as well are there other sort of clues you get from the body or from your patient's symptoms in regards to possibly vagus nerve issues
1: yeah well you can start to think it up can't you with all of those key organs that that vagus nerve Mm. you know innovates like are there issues with mood you know that do Mm. they have chronic anxiety or that Mm. kind of heightened you know, sympathetic response, or is there, a, you know, then a depression or something else like that going on? But then, is there issues with the heart rate or blood pressure? Mm-hmm. Is there issues with their breathing? You know, are they a really shallow breather? were there any Mm -hmm. issues with lung function Mm -hmm. immunity you know we're talking about the spleen before what's this person's immune function like everything that the body needs to do in rest and digest mode like if we just zoom out and take Mm -hmm. an overall look at our patient's case we just go you know how often do we think on a general scale do we think that this person's body is being able to get into rest and digest by that vagus nerve Mm -hmm. to do that healing repairing anti-inflammatory work to nurture the brain and the mood and the sleep and calm down the fight or flight tell the adrenaline to take Mm. a break you know do some Mm. deep breathing The heart rate variability can kind of you know respond Mm. and bounce back to normal instead of being really rigid Mm. and that digestive function you know what are we Mm. seeing there do they have that gut like gastroparesis is um you know where that Mm. stomach can kind of spasm that's very much associated with vagus nerve issues but is this person mm. chronically constipated? Do yes. they have all of this yep. reflux and dyspepsia? Like the, the gut secretions are not you know playing ball. I mean, mm. mm. you know, undigested food showing up in the stool. Those you know pancreatic enzymes can't really you know be released mm. properly. So all of these things, and then you know just that classic. Do they have that inflamed leaky gut? Is their dysbiosis just piecing mm. that all together? They're, you know what I would be looking for in clinic. Oh,
0: so one of, one of the ones I'm quite interested in. Is, you know, you you spoke of heart rate and blood pressure. And I guess the reason I'm interested in it is because, as a concomitant symptom with a digestive problem, you don't always necessarily put the two together. But with what we've been chatting about with the vagus nerve, now it seems quite obvious that, yeah, absolutely. One of the Mm. other clues that there could be a vagus nerve issue is because, you know, you're talking about people uh, being in sympathetic state or parasympathetic state is that yeah you know if if you're not getting into that parasympathetic state the way we would say you should ideally then yeah there's probably something happening with the vagus nerve and we might even be able to sort of measure that by what is your resting heart rate what you know so if someone's got a resting heart rate of 72 beats a minute that's probably a little bit high if their resting blood pressure Mm -hmm. is you know 135 on 85 you know All of these little things, and Mm. and I think it's important that we have this discussion for practitioners and people interested in their health because, you know, the the vagus nerve almost is a big unifying nerve and that when we are seeing gut issues, there might be other clues that tell us that there are issues with the vagus nerve itself. Mm -hmm. So... Are there any other sort of things you look at if you if you sort of think, right, I want to see if there is a issue with vagus nerve, like anything else you can do in clinic or look for?
1: Yeah, well, I suppose we can be looking for those signs, like what are their mood, what's their sleeping like, do they mm. have issues with sleep onset or sleep maintenance, insomnia, like is this nervous mm. system just not settling? But also, you know, that heart rate variability that you mentioned, like that is something that we have mm. the capacity to test in clinic these days, don't we? Like, yep. And I know there's quite a few clinics doing that which I find really interesting and that's I think that can be such a useful tool for the patient if you're saying like, look, your heart rate is not variable and we want it to be variable. It shows us that the nervous system's nice and relaxed and it's pliable and it's responding to its environment. Mm. If it's like, you know, the same interval between that heart rate all the time, it's like stressed and militant and, you know, like getting ready to run away mm. from the tiger, etc. Um, mm. some people's smart can do this as well, or well, that's kind yep. of where we're heading with a lot of our smart devices. Mm. Like That if if someone is that person who has such a high level of chronic stress that they stop realising that they're that stress and they just get so used to it, Mm -hmm. showing them something Mm -hmm. like that can really be like a, hey, you know, your body's speaking to Mm -hmm. you here. Let's take a look at this.
0: Mm. Mm, Absolutely. Look, let's, you know, there's a few other things as well that I guess we might, I sometimes look at and that really is, you know, I think when we talk about digestion, the vagus nerve is really important because as we've sort of alluded to and spoken on a few times is that it is important for digestive secretions. It is important for that Gut motility, you know, it is important for secretion of enzymes, all all those sorts of things, and and I do think that if we're seeing people who have that really slow digestion, you know, and they tend to bloat, which is often a marker of a slower digestion, that that's going to be really important that we address that. But as we've also said, I guess you know the sleep, the sleep's a huge thing. I I did have a patient. Who we decided to use some herbal support for the vagus nerve, and they actually noticed with their sleep tracking they were sleeping better. Yeah. And we, 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 I was using some liquid herbs. I was using a combination of gentian and ginger as liquid herbs, and they were having seven drops three times a day. And within two days, they said, "I don't know what's going on, but my sleep readings are so much better." So. Mm. Um,
1: how cool is you know, that?
0: and I don't think we we always put sleep and gut together. Mm. So. No, we
1: don't. You're totally right, and I think that's like the magic of the body, how interconnected we are. The magic of herbs, just like how multifactorial and how they're working on the whole body all at once, even if we are necessarily yeah. also like particularly prescribing them for one organ. And like you know, those bitters they mm-hmm. stimulate the gut and they stimulate that motility, which means they're stimulating mm-hmm. the vagus nerve, like as you've been saying. And so they that's such a beautiful naturopathic intervention like that's something that we really wanted to include in this conversation didn't we because like they're such bread and butter for naturopaths and yet mm-hmm. they are mm-hmm. engaging and they are turning on your patient's vagus nerve and maybe like mm-hmm. 50 or 30 years ago we didn't know that that's what we were doing but if anything mm-hmm. that's improving motility it's the body has to switch on that rest and digest to do that and so you're stimulating mm-hmm. the vagus nerve you're helping to build that vagal tone again and so, you know, this is, yeah, where they might then start to see, oh, I'm taking my bitters, I'm taking my herbs, and then something over here is getting better. Just exactly mm. what you said. And I just think that's so great, and that's just like natural medicine working at its best when we're holistically mm. helping someone because if you are activating their vagus nerve, like you're allowing their healing response to turn on, that parasympathetic response. Right. Like who knows what could start to happen, you know, if we do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, all I was going to say is I think it's really interesting that, you know, I, I remember a while ago people were saying oh 50 years ago life was nowhere near as stressful as this you know and and sure we didn't have as much you know computer interference we didn't have you know shops open 12 hours a day 7 days a week you know life i guess was simpler and there were times where people could switch off but what what i think is interesting is if we say 50 years ago or 70 years ago people were inherently doing more exercise You could have called it work. Uh, Some people would call it exercise. And we know exercise is really important. If we want to have, you know, help to train our vagus nerve to be healthier, we need some level of exercise. We need our heart rate to go up and we need it to go down. We don't need to go up to 180 beats a minute or anything crazy. But, you know, we need our heart rate to go up to a healthy level, you know, maybe at least 100, 110 beats a minute while we're doing some kind of physical exercise exercise work or or something like that but Mm -hmm. the other thing that I think has changed a lot is tastes and what we eat and our Mm. diet and I think there is more sugar in our diet today than there was 70 or 80 years ago and I think there's less bitters in our Mm -hmm. diet today than there was 70 or 80 years ago what are your thoughts
1: yes that's such a big one isn't it like the two big food groups that will really mm. stimulate our di- oh those tastes, sorry, that will stimulate our digestive function. There's like those sour, bitter things. Mm. And they're the two mm. things that, especially as a Western diet, just aren't in our diet anymore. And so I think, yeah. yeah, we have this collision, right, of way more processed pro-inflammatory food in our diet combined with foods, even if they are classified as whole foods, you can still be, most of your meals can still not be stimulating mm. your digestive function function because there's no bitter or sour things in there so i so agree with that i think that that's such a key thing and if we look back at the diet that you know 70 years ago hundreds of years ago there were so many more bitters in the diet we were eating so many more like wild foods and greens, etc that we didn't yeah a lot of this was done for us in our diet we're like doing a lot of work now to try and turn this vagus nerve on because of you know, right. the world that we find
0: ourselves in, don't we? And, and I think it's a world of unintentional consequences. Salty and sweet are really nice. I like salty. I like sweet. Mm-hmm. I, I personally, from a personal perspective, I don't think I like bitter that much. It's not like, oh, bitter, lovely, delicious. Oh, very sour. Please, can I have more? But these things can be incorporated into our life i mean we can talk about herbal bitters we can talk about the importance of things like gentian and other herbs that are going to be fantastic for vagal nerve stimulation including ginger as well are there any things you get your patients to do to increase their bitters as such
1: i think like coffee is an interesting one isn't it those things that are really mm. bitter that taste really bitter you know if we can just be getting a few of those but can't be a latte can't be full of milk. No. That's too much of the skin. How much Come sugar, how much sugar can yeah. I put
0: in my black coffee? <laughs> it's got
1: to be black. So I suppose you've got to ask your That's patients right. how
0: they like their coffee. <laughs> well, well, I, I actually do a deal with some patients. They can have their, their latte or whatever. But sometimes if I want to, I'll actually say, I want you to have an espresso as well with no sugar in it, nothing. And it is because I do want some level of bitters. I can't convince many of my patients to drink a lot of what I call hipster beer, which is those highly, highly hot, bittered beers. And there's probably Mm. good reason a naturopath shouldn't be encouraging people to drink beer (laughs) for breakfast to help with their digestion or beer before lunch and beer before their evening meal. You, you know, I, I think there's some inherent problems with that. But I, I do think that all those things, bitters, so, you know, if you're having a, a beer or two once a week that's quite bitter, you know, really I think there could be some overall substantial benefits to it aside from just the hops yeah. themselves or, or that the fact it's fermented. Yeah. So I, I like trying to find solutions for my patients are, are there any specifics in regards you mentioned sour which i think is fantastic is there anything you do to add sours to people's diet
1: oh well that's a pretty easy win with things like your citrus or your apple of vinegar mm. you know like your salad dressings mm. all of that kind of thing you know if you can sneak a couple of greens that they might not usually buy into that salad bowl yep. and then have a nice vinegary salad over it like there's mm. there's a reason why you know, places like European countries where they do this a lot better. They have that like aperitif hour where you have a bitter drink, and yep. you have your salad, and it was meant to be your bitter greens, and then you're having that before you have mm. your main meal because it primes your digestion. You know, so if they could mm. even just be bringing a few little things like that in, that's all we're needing. You know, just these little mm. changes, just step by step, and that that's already such a big difference to having a diet, as you mm. said, that is particular, that is predominantly salty sweet or bland a lot of Mm. the foods that we eat are just bland Mm. like that's already bringing so much more flavor in and i think people will really patients will really be feeling the benefit
0: so any other strategies for stimulating the vagal nerve
1: yeah well i suppose we've gone through a lot of our kind of naturopathic ones haven't we and that's what we wanted to cover In this in this podcast episode of like, well, what are things that we can do with the qualification that we have? There's so Mm. there's such an explosion of this right now, isn't there? Of all Mm -hmm. of the things that you can do to kind of activate and switch on your vagus nerve, like you have Mm -hmm. breath work, like you know, activating that Mm -hmm. vagus nerve via the lungs. We've been talking a lot about it in activating it via the gut yep. Yep. you know your yoga that incorporates that breathing that exercise element as well and then that it is a cranial nerve you know you're toning you're chanting you're singing gargling all of those things help to switch on that vagus nerve mm-hmm. um even cold showers you know mm-hmm. all of those ice mm-hmm. baths i don't know if you've seen <laughs> that's such a trend at the moment but that's that's, that's right. you know some of the ways that they achieve that kind of anti-inflammatory and and their benefits through
0: that vagus nerve. I was about to mention, I came across something the other day where some influencer has developed or discovered, I'll call it a bit of a hack when it comes to ice baths and that's Mm. ice face washes. So basically just something really super cold on your face, apparently Um, has the same effect on the vagal nerve and you don't have to stick your whole body into uh, incredibly cold temperatures, but just that response of something very, very cold on the face will actually have the uh, same effect.
1: Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? After we've got what we've been through today, 10th grade. That's right, wash,
0: wash your face with cold water. Well, isn't that oh, how they used to wake wow. people up? Get a bucket of cold water, tip it yeah. off. <laughs> Fortunately, yeah. no one ever woke me up we like s- that. <laughs> no,
1: I suppose it's a way that I can, as a Queenslander, mimic walking out into like a cold environment, you know, which is what they That's said. Right. It used to be like, you know, going outside for a walk if it's, like, really cold or if it's just snowed or something like that. You know, that's not my reality here. <laughs> so no. if I can avoid a nice bath, <laughs> I'll yes. do it.
0: But there's, there's one other thing that I'm, I'm not sure if you've come across, you probably have, but vagal nerve stimulators. So fundamentally they're a bit like TENS machines. But what was really, really interesting was I saw a paper that was written, I think, in 2019, and they actually said that, you know, vagal nerve stimulators quite specifically not just your average tens machine but one set up for vagal nerve stimulation was showing benefit in chronic inflammatory disorders uh lung injury specifically though also rheumatoid arthritis and diabetes but also even for pain in fibromyalgia and migraines as well so um It might be a little outside of the scope of, I guess, what practitioners will be doing, but I think it is really important to acknowledge that there's such a range of things we can do. We can do exercise, we can drink black coffee, we can drink hipster beer, we can wash our face in ice cold water, (laughs) we can gargle, we can sing. You know, there's all these different things that we can do And, and, you know, I think almost more importantly though is that regularity of, physical exercise that regularity Mm. of yoga that regularity of breath work and you you know that really even that regularity of some level level of you know chanting and singing even Mm. even if it's only for you and your own voice in a quiet place somewhere or the shower as the case may be Mm -hmm. all of these things i think are really important strategies that we can put into place and the nice thing about them is most of them are pretty much free it's just you Mm. making time for you.
1: And I think right. if we look at it, it's that whole thing of like, these are the things that allow me to stop and allow my body mm-hmm. to enter a state of relaxation. And repair and i think all these issues that we have with the vagus nerve is more of a reflection of that we have you know our lives have been so filled up by the demands of this culture and this society that there isn't that space to relax and to repair anymore Mm -hmm. and so this is uh, like i think all of the ones that you said that are free that are more these dietary and lifestyle interventions you know you can be prescribing them to a patient but it's actually them creating those pockets of downtime rest relaxation quiet repair time and it's putting them back into their day and back into their mm. week. And, you know, it, it's a lot for patients if they're stressed and their life is really full, mm. but it's it's about them coming to that realisation of, like, I can't get better if mm. that space is not created. Like, they coexist. Mm. I can't have one without the other. And it, it, mm. it's it's getting patients to those realization that I think, you know, they can start to make some of these really small and, but amazing changes to their life. Mm. And they can really, you know, if someone's dealing with chronic gut issues or sleep issues or mood issues, like how life-changing can that be? I think that's really – this is such – such an amazing conversation
0: that we can be having with our patients i think oh look and i think it is important that we actually have these conversations with our patients Mm -hmm. claire that is all we have time for in our podcast today i'm sorry to say it's been good so look it's always great and you know one of the things i appreciate with our podcast is very often i think we explore topics we discuss topics But we come back to a lot of the core stuff we're always telling people to do. Are you making time for yourself? And that might be 15 minutes in the morning and hopefully 15 minutes of an afternoon or evening to go for a walk. Are you making time to meditate? Are you having a diet that isn't just really processed and easy to get and really salty but tasty? And, and you know, and and this this chat today about the vagus nerve really sort of I think has tied in. We've highlighted how something that unifies us both physiologically, because you know mm. it is such a huge nerve, it does innovate so much of our body. That mm. all of these things we often talk about people doing to improve their overall health you know, we're starting to get a better understanding of exactly why that is and how that is. And, you know, I, I love the conversation we have about bitters and sours because we just don't yes. see enough of them. Yeah, you know, look, I, I think it's been absolutely fantastic. Any last, if you could sum up one thing you would always do for a vagus nerve, for, for free, for free and quick. So here, here you go, naturopath Claire. What are you going to tell me to do? I'm a bad patient.
1: Can I I say what I would do? This is a really, this is a funny one. I would, this is an easy one for someone to do if they feel like they're time poor and they have nothing. They feel like, you know, they're they're at the start of trying to create some space. As you were saying, this sum up list at the end, i brought to mind My auntie, I caught up with her one day and she told me how she had like a bit of a commute to work and her favourite thing to do would be to put on her Adele CD and belt out all of the songs in the car. And this is, you know, she did shift work. It was like three in the morning, whatever. And I was like, I just want to be in the car next door watching you yeah, yeah. do this really yeah. and like knocking not being able to hear you <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm just like you know what's something that just makes someone feel silly and makes someone feel joyful mm. and just create a little mm. pocket of like you know some good vibes in their day so mm. that's what I'd say we should all just put on our favorite song when we're driving somewhere cooking dinner belt it out you know like why not
0: absolutely and if anyone <laughs> asks what you're doing you can just say I'm looking after my vagus nerve
1: yeah it's actually <laughs> part of my prescribed home work for my
0: naturopath <laughs> that's right that's right i've been prescribed a uh, good thing in the car look yeah. thank you so much claire for uh, sticking around having a really nice in-depth chat about the vagus nerve or at least you know a bit of a chat about the vagus nerve and you know helping educate us all a little more about some of the other stuff it does aside from just those digestive things so thank you so much for uh, joining us today yeah such
1: a good chat thanks for having me as always
0: Look, I look forward to seeing you again soon. And thank you to everyone who's tuned in and listened to us. And uh, I I know we're both actually hoping that you listen to us next time, which will hopefully be in next week or two. Thanks, everyone. Take care. See you later.
1: Thanks. Bye.
0: To continue the conversation or find out more about our products and educational resources, please head to biopractica.com.au. Biopractica. Empowering healthcare professionals.